Well, hey everybody, welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 67, Are Resolutions Worth It? Ooh, very topical. Who are you? Oh, oh, you must be my co-host slash wife, Arda Nordstrom. That's the word on the street. That slash is doing a lot of legwork, though. Yeah. Co-host slash wife. If you had to prioritize those roles, uh, what comes first? Hard to say. It really depends on the day. Depends on the day. Well, today the podcast comes first because we're talking about New Year's resolutions. Did you set one? Mm, No. Did you? Not explicitly. Like I didn't wake up January 1st and say I was going to do this thing. But I'm always setting goals. So Mm. I think kind of. But not. But this really. is a podcast on resolutions. Yeah. So none of us, n- neither of us, said one. Nope. But I All think right. maybe. Thank you that's, for coming to time and attention, everybody. Maybe that's the takeaway, though, right? <laughs> is that doing it, make me setting a New Year's resolution isn't the right way to tackle a goal. Yeah, resolutions fail quite a bit, don't they? Well, one of the most reliable stats that I found on this has found that ninety-two percent of fa- of resolutions fail. And so only 8% success rate is not, it's not incredibly high. Uh, and, and so over the course of this episode, our intention is to dissect a little bit of why this is the case, why some goals set us up for a bit more success than others. We'll cover that a little bit, but also talk about what we do to, to achieve our goals over time. Um, not that it's perfect, not that we are bastions of goal achievement or whatever you want to say, but this is a topic we've thought a bit about. So why do people set New Year's resolutions and why are they different than goals? I guess that's the big question really is how are these any different than any goal? We talk about goal setting all the time on the podcast. And I think the big difference is really that it's, you set it on a different day and there's a bit more of a, an impetus, right? There's this kind of resolve around New Year's resolutions that comes out of all this momentum to make changes and tackle the new year that lead to New Year's resolutions. So there's maybe a different kind of motivation at the beginning. I actually think one of the primary differences between a resolution and a goal is the ground upon which we form them. And so if you look at a resolution, it usually comes from more of an empty space in our schedule. Uh, Maybe we're off over Christmas break and over New Year's and we're thinking about, okay, we're at a nice point in the calendar, but also I'm not working right now. My family life is a bit different right now. There's a bit more time to reflect. Uh, Whereas a goal, I think of a goal as being more logical, it's more analytical, and there's often less of an initial push, that initial impetus, that original motivation, that resolve uh, to achieve it. I don't know. What what do you think, though, about the difference between them? I think that's exactly right, right? You have this time right before New Year's that typically people take off. They have a couple of weeks or a couple of days, maybe, um, that is really dedicated to not working. And I think this is probably one of the few times of the year that people actually do really disconnect because in a lot of workplaces, there aren't other people to to connect connecting with. with. So yeah. you're not waiting on emails because nobody's going to email you on December 25th or very few people in this part of the world will email you on December 25th. Yeah, there's kind of that baseline level of disconnection almost where uh, e- even the most hardworking, let, let's say lawyer, for example, who works, a, a economist, 
who works eight, like you, uh, who works 80 or 90 hours every, every week, uh, even that person will likely disconnect a little bit over the holidays just because there's no uh, synchronicity of work with other people. And so I think that's something to keep in mind. And that, that's another reason why so many goals form around that time. We feel less guilt about stepping back from our work when other people are stepping back from their work at the same time. It's kind of this made-up story often in our head that if other people aren't working, we don't have to feel as guilty about not working ourselves. And that creates this fertile ground for this resolve to form because we take that step back and we look at our life almost from 5,000, 10,000 feet, and we think, oh, I have that habit usually. Oh, no, usually this time of day when I'm immersed in my usual habits, and maybe not right now because I'm visiting mom and dad at home or home in, in with the holidays. Um, and I usually check email first thing in the morning. What if I stopped doing that? Or I usually eat this thing first in the morning. What if I fasted? And so, and so we come up with the, all of these changes that we want to make when we are in a different environment, when we're kind of stepping back from our habits, from our rituals, from our routines. That creates the fertile ground for these uh, changes, these initial resolutions to form. But then often, unfortunately, we enter back into that environment that wasn't perfect to begin with, but it's our life. And our, our wishful thinking meets the cold reality of, uh, of a beautiful, wonderful, complex life. And our goals, our resolutions don't really stand a chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a big reason that goals fail yeah. or New Year's resolutions fail because they don't acknowledge all those real constraints in your life that are the reasons that you don't already have these habits or the habits that you need to achieve these goals. So maybe let's dig into why goals fail yeah. before we dig into how you can make a more practical New Year's resolution. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head with underestimating the constraints in our life. Because when we take a step back from our, our busy, wonderful, complex lives over the holidays, it, it's easy to forget about just how constrained our time is. Uh, it's easy to forget about how little energy we have on some days. It's easy to for, forget about how distracted we are because we have clients, we have customers, we have, uh, we have people that we support at work constantly texting us and calling us. And we also have fluctuations in how much motivation we have over time. And of course, uh, it's no original thought that our motivation for making a change is the highest when we initially decide to make that change. It'll never be higher. Uh, and so that's something to keep in mind too. We're going to have constraints of our time, our attention, our energy, our motivation. All of those are going to fluctuate with time. We can't expect to, for things to be much different from before we had this fertile ground to step back inside of. But that's a, that's a primary reason that so many of these resolutions fail. They're wonderful ideas. They're sepia-toned uh, wonders of fantasy with what we want our life to look like. But often uh, a goal that is more wishful thinking than something that is worthwhile to achieve uh, results when we underestimate the constraints in our life. Exactly. And I mean, this comes down to a hundred little reasons in your daily life, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're stepping back and you have these sepia-toned ideas in your head, is that what you call yeah. them? 
Uh, so if you have these like beautiful ideas of what your life could look like. I want to wake up at 5.30. Yeah. I want to meditate every morning. I want to read the paper before the world wakes up. No, if you wake up at 5.30, you have to go to bed at like 8.30. And that sucks. I mean, if you're a morning person, nope. it doesn't suck. It sucks. I, it, but this is really at the heart of this. You haven't really thought about what a goal looks like on a daily basis, mm. right? You haven't thought about whether or not you're going to have to get up at eight thirty, 5.30 in the morning. It means you have to go to bed at 8.30 and say no Ugh. to social things or say no to your noon coffee that you like to have because mm. you'll be wired at 8 o'clock still, depending on your caffeine sensitivity. Yeah, It's going to have to filter into a lot of daily goals and if you had all those goals, you'd already have achieved that goal. So it's going to take a little bit of changing in within your daily habits. Yeah. And procrastination, not to mention, gets in the way too. How so? So <laughs> a goal is never fun <laughs> to achieve. Usually the process of, of achieving a goal isn't that fun. Like if it were fun, we probably would have done it already. Because if you have a goal of like eating a chocolate bar every day, that's not that hard, you know? takes no effort to achieve. Th things that are difficult to achieve are usually worthwhile. Uh, but the more difficult something is to achieve, the more frustrating it can be, the more boring it can be sometimes, the more ambiguous, the more unstructured it can be too. And indeed, all of these are attributes of tasks that we tend to procrastinate on. Uh, we, we talked about this a bit, the research behind this in episode 27 of the podcast, uh, where there are task attributes that make us more likely to put something off. And if you look at the goals that you want to set, uh, so what, what's a current goal that you have right now? Right now, all of my goals are just to finish my thesis. Finish, well, <laughs> finishing a thesis is a good example. So the, the seven attributes of a task that make us more likely to put it off are whether a task is boring, whether it is frustrating, whether it is difficult, whether it's ambiguous, whether it is unstructured, whether it lacks personal meaning, and whether it lacks intrinsic rewards. So the process of doing something is not rewarding in and of itself. And by God, a thesis, it's probably a bit boring at times. It is it's all bit, seven of those it's things. It's all set, well, maybe not the personal meaning part. But and it's actually not boring. It's very fun. Well, yeah. Yay, if you're research. If you're a nerdy economist, it might be fun, but it sets off most of these triggers, and so we tend to put it off. Our taxes is the same way. Watching Netflix, not boring, not frustrating, not difficult, not ambiguous. It's so structured that they start playing the next episode of a show before you're done watching the current one. But the goals that you have and the resolutions that you have set probably set off a few of these. So if you uh, find that's the case, definitely revisit episode 27. Uh, we, we don't, this, this is a shame-free zone. If you, if you set a, a re, if you happen to set resolutions, uh, we, we want to give you the tools to maximize the odds that they'll work. Because they can work, right? Yeah. I mean, 8% of people do succeed with them and lots of people stick with their goals, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people make goals all the time because they want to change something in their life to become better. If you can get around some of these failure traps, like the not thinking about the habits, figuring out the triggers to procrastination, you can uh, set yourself up for success. Yeah, but definitely, definitely account for the constraints in your life. Uh, I, I think that is the biggest, biggest, biggest mistake people make with resolutions. Everybody wants a six-pack abs. Everybody wants to stop eating takeout. Everybody wants to quit drinking. Well, what does that look like on a daily basis? You see, it's not hard. Or it's, it's hard. It's very hard. Just like saying that sentence was. 
<laughs> well done. Yeah. All right. So- podcast. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> everybody. I am the host. On your A-game. Yeah, on my A-game for sure. I'm st- I am still have one foot in December in holiday mode, as you can tell. But it's okay. Host. We can we can course correct. Right? Yeah. I, oh. So, segue game. I oh that's pretty I know, good today. A-game. I am on my A game. Are you? Evidently. Huh. Okay. Take us from here then. All right. This is A game. So if you are going to set a resolution on January first, I think one of the important things to keep in mind is that it's gonna require some course correcting because mm. you probably haven't or given it a lot of thought into what the actual constraints are that have prevented this from already being implemented in your life, right? There's a reason you're not running a marathon and there's a reason you haven't stopped biting your nails or stopped drinking or whatever your New Year's resolution is this year. These are all awesome goals and they can be a goal. Well, not a marathon. That's a... Oh, you and your hate for running. You you just haven't... You you, haven't embraced the love of running yet. What are you running from? Running to happiness. Uh, Arden runs in the winter, everybody. She's got like shoes... With uh, metal things on the bottom of them, and she even when it's like icy out in Canada, yeah, she runs. I mean, the wonderful thing about skin is that it's not water; it is waterproof. So you're not gonna die if you get a little wet or snowy. It's not a big deal, but you'll feel wow. so much better. All right, nothing feels better than jumping in a hot shower after a cold run. I promise you, nothing feels better than staying at home with a cup of hot chocolate. While watching the snow fall outside and watching you slide all over and trip all over all the ice and snow outside. I don't slide because I have the best yeah, gear. The, all the you have to do, cleats. you can buy these like $20 cable, I think they're called crampons on your shoes. You'll never fall again. It's amazing. I'm going to get my crampon on the couch by not moving. How sad. Yeah. Okay. You just anyway. haven't embraced the running life. Course yet. correct. We'll Let's course correct the podcast right now. So, all that to say, the big reason that Goals and resolutions are a little different is because of when they start and this initial resolve. But some of that Mm. initial resolve might not be taking into account all these underlying constraints that are the reasons you don't have these these goals already. They haven't been achieved already. Um, So you can course correct, right? And the purpose of course correcting is really to ultimately get you back on track to whatever your goal was. And this can become part of your habit or the process that you use to achieve these goals. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I, I think, another primary reason that resolutions fail is we have that initial push where we really don't take it from there. <laughs> and so we have this initial push to want to have six-pack abs or, God forbid, run a marathon. Uh, but after that point, we don't think about how we can adjust on a regular basis to get there. And an analogy that that I like to use and how I think about this is piloting an airplane. So let, let's say you're flying from London to, I don't know, name a city. Tokyo. That's a long flight. I would love to do that flight right now. Twelve really? I would be so happy to be on a long flight. COVID is is getting to you still. But if you're flying from from London to Tokyo and maybe you adjust course once along the way, that's a twelve hour flight. And if you adjust one six hours through, the wind is gonna take you in a different direction. And there are gonna be so many other factors that that uh, change and influence uh, the direction that you head in, and you might end up in like Shanghai or something or Taiwan by the end of things. But if you constantly make little incremental adjustments to get to where you want to go, you're going to get there and you're going to 
spend a lot less gas along the way too, because you're going to be more efficient uh, in achieving what you want. Um, and this isn't the case with flying a plane, but sometimes you don't, w- with a goal, you might realize you don't even want to end up in, uh, in Tokyo in the first place when you make those course corrections and when you reflect along the way. But the key to end up to, to get from one place to another in a way that is expedient and efficient and fast and, and enjoyable is to make those course corrections along the way, like you were talking about. So how do you do that? Like, what is the actual game day in the real game world? Day. Well, like on your, when you're trying to actually that, do these things. sports analogy? I know. I shouldn't have tried. Wow. <laughs> I'm going outside my domain, guys. <laughs> this is definitely outside your comfort zone, which is why I'm very shocked that you used a sports analogy. I mean, I've played a lot more sports than you. you in have. the past, I used yeah. to play varsity hockey. So, I mean, I do know a little bit about sports. So, what does this look like in your day-to-day, on mm-hmm. game day, when you're trying to actually make course corrections? What does yeah. that look like? Well, every day is game day around here, baby. But <laughs> what, what it looks like for me, I, I, I have quite a simple system. What, what I do is I have two documents on my computer that I review regularly every week at the beginning of the week when I'm mapping out the week ahead. Uh, I have two documents that I have. So they're my projects list. One is a projects list for work. The other one is a projects list for home. And at the very top, above all of the list of projects on each of the documents, I have my three goals for the year, the three things that I want to achieve by year's end. And I look at them every week and I think, okay, what do I need to do this week Uh, with the intentions that I set, with the three intentions that I set for the week, and then I set three intentions every day as well. What can I do to get closer to where I want to be? And usually these goals are connected with what I value. Sometimes I'll think, oh, I haven't made much progress on that one in a while. And I'll reflect a bit on why is this the case? Is my time, my attention, my energy a bit more constrained than I originally believed it to be? Or is it tough to find motivation for something? Or is this need, is it something that I actually care about achieving that'll make a significant difference in my work or in my personal lives? Uh, these different roles that I have, and so th- that's how I that's how I personally uh, find ways of acting upon these goals that I have overall. Uh, I usually have space for three because I don't want to be constantly improving every single. Just every little thing that I do and have 20 things on the go all the time. I just have three kind of slots for these goals and I try to make a bit of progress on them every week and mind the habits along the way. Yeah, I think an important point there is you you can't focus on too many goals because you would lose track of them and they kind of dilute, right? You'd lose your mind. Or, or yeah, or yeah. you lose your mind, I guess. Um, Can so, you imagine like trying to improve on 15 things at one time? I cannot. Yeah, six of them, three for work and three for personal. Oh, by God, that's more than enough. Plenty. That's plenty to work on. Too so, much. All that to say, when in my life, as usual, I take a little bit less of a structured approach than you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm an active journaler. I... I journal pretty much every day or every other day. Well, uh, no, actually, yeah, every day because we have the little everyday journal as a couple. Mm-hmm. So I do journal every single day. And as part of that, I tend Describe to- that everyday uh, couple thing. I oh, don't think yeah. we've talked about it. As a wedding podcast. gift, we got um, a journal where you basically, it, you have like six or seven lines to write what you did on a given day. Yeah. And we got this as a wedding gift. So we've been filling it out jointly 
every day for the last two and a half years now. Yeah. And it's a five-year journal. So at the end of five years, we'll have um, an, a detailed description of what we did every every day for the last five years, except so, for the two weeks that I was in Kenya and you forgot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good job. <laughs> but all that to say, uh, journaling is a really big part of my reflection process. So in my daily journal entries, I don't tend to spend a lot of time like really thinking about how am I working towards my specific goals. But it's definitely a good check-in to see how I feel about my progress or what it, my lack of progress, if that's the case that particular day, and the factors that are contributing to that. Like maybe I haven't accounted for how much time something takes or how much attention I have to give something mm. in a given time. And that usually comes through in my journaling. Yeah. And I tend to take at least once a week, I take a big picture, more deep dive journal session where I'll spend like an hour just journaling and thinking about my progress towards the different projects and goals that I have at the time. I don't have this in a specific note like you do. Like my, these are my three goals this year. I don't have that maybe as defined as you do, but yeah. I do have a calendar of all the types of like milestones that I want to achieve both both personally and in my work for the next year. Uh, and that's something I kind of keep on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I, I love that. And that speaks to the value of adopting the approach that works best for you. There, There is no one right approach to uh, to goal setting. People will tell you to, have smart goals, specific, measurable, actionable. Yeah, actionable. R, r. Can you look this up as I talk? I, I always forget these these different. But that might not work for you. you. Might you might find every time you have a smart goal, it makes you a bit too regimented. Uh, you might find that reviewing your three yearly intentions every week is a bit too much of a reminder for what you have to get done. But find the approach that works for you and leave the rest and. By God, you know, adjust your goals over time as well. This is something that I constantly find myself doing. If I start the year with three goals on the personal side or on the work side, they are never, never, never the same at the end of the year because opportunities come up, uh, things happen, conditions change, constraints change, and and life is this big, fun adventure, and, and we have to constantly adjust along the way, especially as we find things that don't necessarily stick, things that we find more difficult than we originally thought they would be. Uh, I think I have talked for long enough, and you seem to have a wise look on your face. What does SMART stand for? Mm. Specific, measurable, achievable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. What's the relevant? So it's basically, I think in general, it means they're realistic, right? It, it's yeah. something that is in your within the, wheel, the realm of possibility for your given life and constraints. Yeah. So one more tool to have at your disposal. Make sure your goals are S-M-A-R-T, SMART. Uh, review your yearly goals on that weekly basis. Maybe journal about them to find these little hidden course corrections that you can make, as well as these under the surface of your consciousness thoughts about what goals you really wish to make. And uh, definitely set aside a bit of time more regularly, not just on New Year's, to reflect on the goals that you have and the things that you want to achieve. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Oh, there's that music again. So mature. Do you want to just make this our theme song? I think I like this music a lot better. Oh, yeah. well, email us what you think, uh, Chris at a life of productivity.com. We, we check that email together when it comes to the podcast. What theme do you like better? What, what theme fits that beautiful 
new artwork. But regardless of if you love the theme or if you hate the theme, actually don't email us if you hate this theme, uh, but email us which one you like better. Thank you for listening, everybody. The website for the podcast is timeandattention.fm. If you found this episode helpful, you could share it with a friend. But bye again. No, no pressure whatsoever. We're just happy you're here in the first place. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.